0: Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Editor Knows Best. My name is Kataira Poland. I am the CEO of Love for Words, which is an editing boutique, and I'm also the creator of Editor Knows Best, the podcast you're tuned into right now. Um, We do have a very special guest, but before we get to that, I'll just share a little bit more information about the podcast. Um, It does air every other Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Um, It is for those in the literary field, who are either authors or publishers, poets, etc. It's really a podcast to discuss some of the common themes that we come across in our work. Um, also talk about lessons learned and recommendations. So if you fall into that category or looking to learn more about self-publishing and hear from other literary creatives in the space, then Editor Knows Best is a podcast for you. And I'm so glad that you were able to tune in tonight now that i've gotten out of the way we do have a very special guest tonight she is a rochester new york native who is a writer publisher promoter and spoken artist whatever form she chooses is always reflective of her passion for spirituality sensuality and social consciousness she self-published two books of poetry one is vicissitudes hope I pronounced that right the ups and downs of life in 2008 and if I didn't pronounce that right our guests will correct me and ascension into love in 2010 um she was named well she was a featured poet in the poetry on the wall in 2006 at the Rochester New York mood makers bookstore and her poem, From Whence We Came, was named Poem of Distinction. Her spoken word can be heard on Jimmy Highsmith Jr.'s 2009 CD entitled Jacquin. Again, if I pronounce that wrong, our I gu- I guest will correct me. His Grammy-nominated 2011 Anthology of Sound CD and her very own spoken word CD, Ascension, released by Variance Records in late 2012. For the past 10 years, she has been co-host of one of the longest consecutively running open mics in Rochester, which is Fluetic Rhythms at Gallery One. She founded Rock Bottom Slam Poetry Team and is the founder of the Rock Poetry Collective. Lou is currently a member of the dynamic writing consortium, We All Write. She received the 2018 Big Pencil Award from Writers and Books for an inspiring creation and appreciation of, of literature, uh, of literature in the literary community, today's guest is Lou Highsmith. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. I am so honored for you to be a guest. Thank you for having me. The honor is all mine. <laughs> <laughs> You're yeah, welcome. Okay, so did I pronounce vicissitudes right? Yes,
1: perfect. I'm so impressed.
0: Okay, awesome. And what about jo Quinn? Jacqueline.
1: Uh, it's Jacqueline.
0: Jacqueline. Okay. Yes. One out of 2. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you were really close.
0: Okay. okay. <laughs> Thank you so much uh, for giving the correct pronunciation of that. So it's so delightful um, to have you as a guest. And I learned a lot more about you in your bio, even more than than I knew previously. So even that was was, um, a pleasure to be able to read and learn more about you. So please do tell us uh, what your motivation is and um, what led you to become a part of the writing field. Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: generally poetry just kind of spoke to me as a child so I've always had this love affair with words uh, probably as young as probably fourth grade Um, pretty much I just wrote to myself primarily for therapeutic reasons just to get my feelings out express myself that type of thing and one day my mom ran across my journal And she said, you should really share this with other people. It would probably, like, encourage people. You never know who's going through the same things you've gone through. Um, So then that kind of sparked the idea, okay, maybe I can actually write. Uh, So I pretty much just wrote through all my teenage years, privately, quietly. And I'd say probably when I was in my late 20s, early 30s, um, I declared myself a writer. (laughs) It it pretty much became beyond just therapy and just me studying the craft and reading Langston Hughes and Maya Angelou and just reading everything that I could devour and and get my hands on. Um, And so I made that declarative, okay, I'm a writer. So I parlayed from writing to uh, speaking my poetry, because sometimes people don't really hear your voice when they're reading your words, so that parlayed into spoken word, and once I started getting engagements, people were asking me, well, how can I get your book? So once that happened, I thought, okay, I really need to actually put a product out. So I researched the avenues of self-publishing versus getting a literary agent, and going through the traditional route of getting published and to be perfectly honest I wanted autonomy and creative control and I wasn't quite comfortable uh, initially having someone else um really just take over my my work <laughs> that's how I thought that's how I thought the process would be Uh, But thankfully, I was connected with others in the literary community. So even though I started out with my in 2008, I had a really close friend, uh, Marsha Jones, who uh, passed away a few years back. Um, But Marsha was my editor. (laughs) I trusted her as a friend. Uh, She knew me as a person. So I really trusted her with my baby to Uh, edit as I was going along with uh, writing my first book Uh, but that's how I wound up with self-publishing I did my research on different companies, Lulu versus Ex Libris versus Amazon versus, so I really dug in and and did the research and um, I settled on Lulu Publishing just because you know, my name is Lulu, it's Lulu (laughs) Publishing (laughs) Awesome. Yes. And, uh, and they were the easiest format for me to follow okay
0: yes well thank you so much for sharing that background um like stuff i did start writing when i was young as well like i started writing poetry in middle school and i've written songs so i can certainly relate to knowing Um, you have that passion from a young age. It doesn't take much time to figure out, you know, where your passion lies and what you love. So I'm so glad that you declared yourself a writer and you weren't waiting for somebody to do that for you. (laughs) And that, you know, um, forged your own path. So congratulations to you and thank you for doing that. Um, So I want to touch on some things that you mentioned. So you mentioned spoken word and... I would like to know, and probably our audience as well, because, you know, a lot of our audience members are writers and um, performers, singers. What's the difference between spoken word and slam poetry? Or if is there a difference?
1: Uh, With slam poetry, there's a couple of things that distinguish that from, from spoken word. Let me just say, slam poetry is spoken word, but it's a more specified uh, genre of it if you will uh, with slam poetry it is first of all it's a competition so <laughs> with slam poetry uh, you're us- usually competing with other poets um for points from judges is pretty much how that that works And with slam poetry, there's a concentration on both the content, the actual writing skill, the ability to write, play with words, but also there is a theatrical performance uh, component. So to be a good good slam poet, um, you would have to have that capability and ability to combine both the writing skills and performance skills and put them together. Uh, whereas spoken word, um, it's not as competitive. Uh, you're not competing with anyone except maybe yourself to better yourself at each time you perform. And with spoken word, it can include, um, theatrics, but, um, to me, spoken word really relies more so on your voice and your inflection and your tone. Um, not necessarily, um,
0: some
1: of the
0: theatrics that go along with snap okay awesome thank you for uh breaking that down that was certainly helpful for me and i'm sure the audience as well so i know that you're well versed in that world and i appreciate your insight about that so you also mentioned that you did self-publish so i and i'm sure the audience would love to know um, what was your least what was your least favorite and your most favorite part of that journey
1: Mm. Um, my least favorite was formatting because as a writer you may write something uh, down handwrite it and then type it in your your laptop or computer and it's probably going to automatically go to a particular size like an 8 by 10 type of format and with specifically poetry books if you want to sell them Um, It has to be U.S. trade size, which means normally six by nine. So (laughs) I would have to take all of my pieces that I had already typed up as eight by tens, uh, convert them to a six by nine format, um, upload them into the, the Lulu publishing system. So the least favorite part is really formatting because you don't really know what it's going to look like until it's actually printed and then you have to make adjustments and and maybe move words to another page so that's my least favorite Um, I'd say the the finished project pretty much the finished project holding it in your hand when it gets shipped to your house uh, and you're actually holding your work uh, in print form and with the cover and, and everything, um, there's there's really no feeling that is comparable to
0: that, to me. Yes, that was very exciting. You know, as a as an author myself, I um, can understand that and also appreciate holding my my book in my hand. Um, the other mm-hmm. piece that I really enjoyed was the book signing. Um, I thought mm-hmm. that was really powerful to have. You know. Mm-hmm my friends and family there to support me and colleagues so that's another i would say that's another benefit of becoming an author for those who are considering it um of course it's optional some people have book signings some people don't but if you have an opportunity i would encourage you to take advantage of that so that you you know are able to like i was able to read some of the poems from my book so i think that's right. a, a great thing lou did yes. you have book signing i did
1: i did what? um when I released my book um, oh, I remember where I did it. I did it at David Haygood's uh, Gallery One okay. studio when it was down at the executive building right downtown. Oh, okay. um, so my sisters were there, my children were there, all my friends, all my poetry friends. Um, so it, it was a, a beautiful uh, time and event, something that I, I thoroughly enjoyed, just being able to read my poetry in front of everybody and um and them having the joy of purchasing my book. <laughs> you know I, gave, I you know, I gave my parents a free one, but I think that was the only free piece I gave right. right. Um, so just that um, that joy of, of, of knowing that they were they believed in me and, and um, were willing to pay for my work and right. what I did. Right Yeah. that was yeah.
0: beautiful. Yeah, awesome, awesome. It sounds like you had a, a great experience like I did. so I'm glad to hear that. Um, and hope to uh, make it to your next book signing because I'm sure you've got a lot more books to write. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So one of the other things that you touched on was the editing component. You mentioned Marsha Jones, um, Mm -hmm. you know, was your editor, you trusted her, um, and that is a very important part of being an editor. So are you, would you please just share a little bit more about how you vetted the editor and offer some advice to listeners who are in the process of, of looking for an editor who's a good fit.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, with my first book, I really wanted somebody who I trusted um, their literary skill, first of all. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes friends will read your work and be oh, this is great, this is wonderful, but they're missing some things that uh, a person who um knows word structure or uh knows where you should drop a comma or okay this should start another stanza um uh, because this is a, a i needed that person who i knew could be uh critical from a literary standpoint um but also someone who um trusted my vision when i told her what i wanted to do with the book um, she really helped steer me in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, so in my research, when I was checking everything out, everybody's like, OK, get a good editor. These are the things you look for. And Marsha had all of those qualities and attributes that I um, would need as, a, as somebody who I,
0: I trust completely. And what were some of those attributes you were looking for and how did you determine that was a good fit for you? So was there like a conversation with her? Did you look at samples of her editing? What What was that process like?
1: No, I didn't look at any samples. I was already familiar. Uh, not only was she uh, a poet, but she was also a journalist. Okay. So I know that copy editing mm-hmm. part comes into play as well. Um, so that was that was huge for me. And when we spoke about it, um, it was it was kind of somewhat informal. Okay, send me this, I'll send you feedback. Uh, you know, we've had a few conversations as well over the phone and in person. Um, but I needed, for me, I needed someone who wasn't harsh. <laughs> I needed you to be fair and honest, but not just so cold and and, and cut and. I just really, for me as a person, I don't know, maybe it's the Leo and me, the warm, friendly kind of feelings and emotions. Uh, I needed someone who could be somewhat gentle, but also tell me the truth at the same time.
0: For (laughs) sure. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. And for our listeners, um, you know, I'm an editor as well as an author and definitely agree with uh, Lou. So if you are apprehensive about working with an editor... I encourage you to do your due diligence. So you can ask for a sample edit before you make the investment to make sure they can meet your expectations. Um, I will also recommend, um, well, for my clients, there's always an upfront consultation by phone. So we have a chance to talk about what they're looking for, their genre, et cetera, to make sure it's something that um, I'm able and willing to deliver. Um, sometimes you'll come across editors who don't work in your genre. So Mm. I discourage you from working with them for obvious reasons. Um, I mean, if they're interested, then at the very least, they should be interested in the genre. So you just Mm. want to make sure that you are gelled. Um, you might have a conversation with them and they say something that, um, offends you. So maybe at that point you say, you know, this is not a good fit. Or on the other side as an editor, you know, they may say something, um, that you're not able to deliver or they're asking for a 300-page novel to be edited in a week or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So the most important part of the editing piece is going to be the relationship and building the rapport. Um, Mm -hmm. And I encourage you not to get too um, entrenched in the editing itself. It's more about, you know, does this person understand my voice? Do they have a skill that they need to have to edit my work? So, because I know a lot of, you know, writers out there get worried about the editing process so make sure you first of all trust your editor and then everything else will come easier uh, once you have that trust would you agree with that Lou
1: absolutely I I was thinking of a a couple of other scenarios that happened recently um not regarding editing like a poetry book yeah um I um did some writing for a couple of other projects And the people in charge of the post-projects had their own editors. So they edited my work. So there were people that I didn't know. I think one guy was in New York City and the other woman, uh, I I think we crossed paths a few times, but she didn't really know me. Mm -hmm. And it was a very um, different experience. Um, I can take criticism. That's fine, especially if it's it's going to better uh, my writing and what I'm trying to put out there. Um, but I can say, um, there were moments where there may have been a suggestion made and as an artist, I, I didn't follow those instructions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, you know, you do have that capability of saying, this is one thing I'm not going to compromise on. Mm-hmm. But overall, um. Uh, I'd say probably 90% of the suggestions that they made I implemented yeah. and made it better. Mm-hmm. So, as simple as uh, a word that I had used in a poem invaluable and really I know what that word means but I wrote it that way and she's like I think you mean something else and not invaluable. I'm like you know you're right. 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 <laughs> so like 90% of their suggestions I took but probably there were some things I just had to hold my ground on and say, like, right. as an artist, I, I can't really change this. I can't, I can't switch this up because it's going to, and, you know, not to, there are certain things that are colloquial within our culture.
0: <laughs> right, exactly.
1: And this person wasn't getting it. Right. <laughs> but right. to change something. And I, I think I used the word hallelujah cry. And she was like, "How oh, about just a hallelujah?" But if you know a hallelujah cry when you hear it, it, it has a uh, more intense connotation to
0: it. Yeah. So I,
1: I, I wouldn't take the cry off. Absolutely. You know, it's a hallelujah cry. It's not just a hallelujah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Absolutely, and I 100% agree with that. Um, and again, that goes back into vetting your editor and also building that trust and relationship, making sure um, they're on the same page with you. You might be working with someone who doesn't understand the culture that you're writing for. So they will want to change a word that doesn't need to be changed because it applies to that particular culture. So again, just make sure you're doing your due diligence and making sure um, that you know what you need and they understand what you need. Um, I also want to go back to your statement that you accepted 90% and rejected 10%. So as the author specifically as a self-published author you have the authority to say no to the editor. Now the editor is there to help you make your work better but if there's something there you put it there for a reason and you want it there you can just say you know I appreciate your insight but this one I'm going to leave as is. Um, You have a right to do that as a self-published author. Um, It's a little more challenging than traditional because again there's editors assigned to you and things like that but on this side of the self-publishing you can you know push back and say thanks but no thanks so for those who are worried that the editor is going to change your voice um that should give you some type of that should settle your soul a little bit, just knowing that you don't have to take all of the edits that they're giving you, and you can say yes to some and no to to other edits. So, thank you for uh, bringing that up, Lou, because I I know a lot of authors struggle with that and they worry about that. So, yes, you can you you have that authority mm-hmm. for sure. So, um, we know that you know you love to write. You've been writing for quite some time. So, you mentioned. You know, at first you were writing for to yourself and then, mm-hmm. you know, someone read it and encouraged you to share. So a lot of our listeners are in the journaling phase where they're not sharing, you know, their their material with anyone yet. So what what things motivated you to share and what made you comfortable to say, okay, now is the time where I can start sharing this um, and give some encouragement to those who journal who might be a little apprehensive to share
1: hmm um for me personally um attending events where I call them safe spaces where people aren't judging what you're saying and being hypercritical it's uh, a very like open environment where you literally are just sharing <laughs> your work um uh, so once you share and maybe one person or two people afterward come up to you and say, you know, I went through the same thing or thank you for sharing this. You know, you know, I have a, I had a relative that passed away and, you know, I felt the same way about my grandmother. So that really keeps you motivated to continue to share more of yourself. Also, the more you share, the more comfortable you become sharing. So maybe the first time out, you're a little shaky, your, your hands may be shaking, or <laughs> but the more you do it, right, the more relaxed and comfortable you become. Um, but really, it was the the feedback of other people and being in a, what I felt was a safe environment for me to share.
0: Yes, thank you for sharing that. Um, That's awesome to hear. And I'm sure our listeners can relate to that. When you get that feedback, and again, with practice, it typically gets easier. But, you know, there's some who choose not to ever publish or share. And that's Mm -hmm. fine as well. Um, Mm -hmm. if you, just because you write doesn't mean you have to become a published author that's not everyone's goal so be encouraged even if you decide not to go the publishing route you you can still you know reap so many benefits from journaling for yourself so yes keep writing keep writing people like you have to uh, be published because I journal as well and you know those things I don't share um publicly but you know, you have to do what works best for you, and you'll you'll figure that out in time. So Always. it has been um, a pleasure speaking about your experience, your motivations, what you liked and didn't like, um, and just learning more about you in general, and your background, and what led you to becoming the the superstar spoken word <laughs> artist, literary creative <laughs> that you are today. Um, I would love for you to share with us. Uh, where we can find more of your work where we can purchase a, your work um, and learn more about or keep up with what you're doing
1: okay um, well I have two published books by was my first one um, I also published Ascension into Love uh, in 2010 they're still available on Amazon on Barnes and Noble um, Lulu.com they still have my work up and um, if you would prefer to listen to my voice, um, my Ascension uh Poetry Spoken Word C V is available on Amazon, Spotify, iHeart. Um, everything is everything that is written is under LR Highsmith. Anything that's spoken is under Lou Highsmith. Um, but that's it. L-U-Highsmith. It's it's really basic. <laughs> that me self-publishing kind of parlayed me into publishing other people's books as okay. well. Oh, yeah. um, so uh, I have to mention, um, there's sure. a, an artist, uh, Luther Brown, that I published um, his first book of poetry. And that is also available on um, pretty much Amazon, Barnes & Noble uh, as well. So uh, if you want to look up Luther Brown, it's Truth and Freedom
0: awesome and can you quickly just tell us a little bit more about um your publishing clients um the genres um things like that absolutely
1: uh honestly over the past let say 12 years I've published probably about 11 books um people find out that I publish books and then I've done two cookbooks I've done um like a memoriam book of a a guy with his relationship with his girl. So he wrote all of these stories and all these pictures. Um, So it it really varies. It's all over the place. Uh, My day job is I work for Center for Youth. So we have a new beginnings program. So a lot of those young men are trying to uh, avoid incarceration. (laughs) So they shared a lot of their stories and their artwork. And I published that book so it's it's different pros so it's it's a variety it's a hodgepodge of different things um but luke creations publishing is is my company for publishing purposes Um, yeah so that's also my website
0: luke creations.com yeah okay (laughs) creations.com net okay awesome well again thank you so much for all of your insights and nuggets of recommendations and also telling us more about your personal story um and i want to give a special thanks to the audience for tuning in i definitely appreciate the support and editor knows best does publish every other monday 7 p.m eastern um anchor is the platform I mean, you can visit anchor.fm slash editor knows best to listen to a few of the episodes and of course, uh, Lou's episode as well. So thank you again, everyone for tuning in. Thank you, Lou, for being our guest. Uh, Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Be safe and be well.